All right, welcome in Mizzou fans to the PowerMizzou.com dance class. This is the post-game show we are going to do every game uh, from here on out for the rest of Missouri season. Hopefully a few of them will be a uh, little more entertaining than this one might be um, because Missouri got run out of its own gym tonight, 73-53 Tennessee the Vols had a 23-4 lead at the under-12 timeout. It, it got, like, kind of closer for a few minutes, but but there was never any point that it seemed like Missouri had any chance to win this game. Um, it, Tennessee was the preseason pick to win the SEC. They looked every bit of that tonight. Um, Missouri falls to 6-1, first loss of the season. No reason to panic quite yet. But definitely some reason to to worry and and some concerns to have. So, what we're gonna do? Um, I just finished up the post game Zoom call with Conzo Martin, and so what we're gonna do at the beginning of this show every week or every night um, after the game is we'll play you Conzo's post game press conference. That goes about ten minutes. After the press conference, we'll come back. We'll take your questions. We'll we'll put the phone number up to take calls, uh, comments, however you guys want to do it. And we will just uh, break this one down. And real quick, before we get started, I've got to uh, got to give Pocket Watch a shout out. He is over here from the Auburn site. He's been on a lot of our shows this year and he's he's starting basketball season off right, giving us a super chat. So thanks for getting started and and uh dance class for those who aren't connecting the dots or who who might want a little explanation. The reason I called it that is Missouri needs to be in the NCAA tournament this year. That's what this season needs to be about for Conzo Martin and this program. Um, and so every game we're going to talk a little bit about what did this do to the chances of making the tournament, making the dance? Uh, how did they get there? And so that's why we went with the dance class for the name. And, uh, you know, again, appreciate uh, Pocket Watch and everybody else that's over here uh, and that's joining us. I know it's 1045 on a Wednesday night. It, this is a lot of times with football, we're doing this drinking, right, at 6, six o'clock on a Saturday. Not quite the same, 1045 on a Wednesday. So appreciate everybody that is staying up late and is going to be a part of this. And, and hopefully it's something we can do after every game and it'll be worthwhile. We'll take your calls. But, again, we're going to let you guys hear from Conzo first. And that's about 10 minutes long. We'll come back, comments, questions, and break it down until everybody's done. Give Tennessee credit. They play well uh, on both sides of the basketball. Uh, I think we gave up some some comfortable shots, and then I think they made some tough ones. And uh, we, we just could never get over that hump. Uh, 21 turnovers, a lot of turnovers. Uh, we give those guys a lot of credit. Uh, they did a good job winning the game, getting key offensive rebounds, getting timely threes, enough to win the game. Okay, we'll go to questions. Please raise your hand, and uh, we'll call on you as quickly as possible. Natalie. Hey, Coach. You know, I'm going to start off with a more of a big-picture question here. You know, you guys have had a strong start so far. How do you kind of wash this from your mind as you move forward in SEC play? Oh, it, League play, I mean, we'll watch film and all he had to deal with it as a coach is part of it. I think for ball players, they're, they're resilient enough to the next game. And the great thing about league play, it turns around quick. Uh, so you don't have a lot of time uh, to sulk about it. And, you know, you know some, some of the things we, we saw coming, uh, and hopefully we can get these things corrected. Uh, and like I said before, league play, when you get to this point, your margin for error is slim. 
and uh, and some of those things we pay for tonight, and we got to get them corrected. Mitchell Forty. Council, I'm curious. You said you saw some things coming. Uh, can you elaborate on that? What what were some of those issues? Well, I just think really the first five minutes, uh, we have to do a better job of mo moving the basketball, getting it from one side of the floor, and executing what we're trying to do, especially in transition. Not necessarily with set plays, but in transition. Doing the things we do in practice and doing the things that we do when we're playing well. Eric Baum. Conzo, you kind of mentioned after the Bradley game how you wish you switched around the team's schedule a little bit in terms of just practicing and doing a couple of things different. Um, I know you had to adjust for the Christmas holiday, but what, what was kind of going on between the Bradley game and this game just in terms of making the team, you know, improve and stuff that didn't show up tonight? Oh, I just think we didn't play well tonight because I thought we got enough. I think we got enough scrimmages in us uh, up and down, so we're having fresh legs. I don't think that was a factor at all. We just didn't play well tonight, and you have to give them a lot of credit for that. Ben Fredrickson. Ben Fredrickson. Hey, 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 so what are you seeing from Mark? Who has had some foul issues, but Mark has not. He's six, third game in a row with just six points. I know it's not one guy, but what are you seeing from him, and why is he kind of trade from what we've seen earlier in the season? Well, I think one is how teams defend him. So they will make his catches one tough because he got to make shots, and it's our job to put him in a position where he's – driving the ball with he's coming off ball screens, making plays. We're running them off screens to get shots, and we have to do a better job. I think it starts with us as a staff first. And in some of those areas we talk about for him in practice, his position to be ready to shoot basketballs, and, and, and especially in transition, uh, being shot ready and looking for those opportunities. But I think it's, it's, I think it's more of us as a staff and trying to get him better opportunities to score the ball or at least get shots. Uh, Joel? Hey, Coach, you mentioned you were trying to focus on the East Coast prior to the game. Uh, how, did you, how, did you, how did you describe his effect on your offense tonight? And how the intangible this game kind of affected you guys early on? Uh, I think I, I couldn't hardly hear you, but I think it's, you said, how do I describe the offense tonight? Uh, again, I think the first five minutes, we didn't do a good job with, with ball moving, getting the ball from one side of the floor to the other, and then downhill. I thought it was just kind of, holding, holding, dribble, then let's try to make a play. And uh, and that's something we've been talking about. Really, the, even in the six wins, we got to do a better job of moving the ball in the first five minutes, getting down here, executing what we do in practice. And and we didn't do a good job of that. I think I, I didn't hear your other question if it was another one. Yeah, sorry. I don't know I'm breaking up or something. But I really be asking about his effect on the offense and the attack. Oh, oh, Pond's a good basketball player. I, I think um, – I mean, though they have talented guys, and he he might be six or seven on the, on their team as far as scoring and, and statistics, but I, I think he's probably the, the most valuable guy on both sides of the basketball, in my opinion, what he brings to the table is athleticism, especially on the defensive side of the ball, whether he's blocking shots or changing shots. He's, uh, he's fun to watch. Uh, Bennett? Conzo, I know you don't like to worry when three-point shots aren't going down, but when the first fewer misses in a game like this with Tennessee's defense, does it make it sort of harder to play in the paint? It seemed like they were able to sort of tighten up in the lane a bit more after that. I, I don't know if it's that. I mean, because you have to take clean shots and you have to shoot them with confidence. I think when you're taking jabs and hesitant on shots, those, those become tough three-point shots. And then again, you have to drive the ball. You don't have to settle for a three-point shot. I think sometimes the comfort is I can settle for this shot as opposed to driving and making the next play. 
And again, give the, in this particular game, because you can go each individual game and say something different, but I think their defense had a lot to do with it. So, Uchi? Hey, Kanzo, just after that slow start, it seemed like you guys kind of got back into it late in the first half. Then, obviously, Tennessee kind of ran with it in the second half. Just what, what did you think about the energy, I guess, after kind of that quick spurt in the second? Oh, I don't think our energy was bad. I just didn't think we played well. I mean, I don't think the energy was bad. I think you, you're trying to find a way to win game, but you, you get a turnover here. Drew Smith had, you know, five turnovers, and that can't happen for a guy of his caliber, especially as a senior. When, when you have those turnovers that take momentum from, especially a stretch uh, early in the second half, I think Kobe was taking the ball, I turned over, that, that type of stuff. It just, it's hard to get back in games like that. Jack Sobel. Conzo, you got to face the freshman uh, Johnson and Springer uh, up close for the first time. Uh, those guys uh, getting those getting that scoring off the bench. What what, what do they bring to the table, and, and how hard is it is that to defend when you got two guys that talented off the bench? I think they're good basketball players. And I think I think what makes them good, they try to play on both sides of the basketball. They, they play within their system. Uh, they take open shots. They drive the ball. They're strong, physical young guards. I mean, they just they're good, they're good players. I mean. So we, we don't necessarily see them as guys come off the bench. We see them as good basketball players. Eric Blum. Council, you now mentioned a few times you guys just didn't play well. And this is a simple question, but what are the quickest things you can point out to, like you can get whatever mojo back you guys had before this game? I just think, you know, playing with playing with grit. I mean, we, we didn't, and last thing I put on the board, board, you know, the team that plays with the most grit, toughness, and focus will probably win this basketball game. And then the other part is, getting offensive rebounds. And they, they got timely offensive rebounds where they got threes out of them. And I thought they played with more grit, more toughness, and more focus. And that's the result of it. But, but it's, not, it's not sitting at a major overhaul. It's just selling in, executing what we do well. And, and, and we, we're, we're good when we're whole, when we're a team, when it's all 13 of us. That's when we're good, all 12 of us. Mitchell? Conta, I know you, you've mentioned the slow starts a few, the slow start a few times. Um, did Tennessee do anything on the defensive end that surprised you, or that you all weren't weren't prepared for, or was it uh, just a matter of you know this team being so long and athletic? No, we do a man-to-man team. We, we, I mean, we watched the film; they did what they do, um, and we just didn't do. We did well enough. Last question, Colin. Coach, you had a couple of players that were going to be passed up corner threes tonight. I know you, you focus is having them shoot good shots when they're open, but do you get the sense that because the shots aren't falling, guys are, are not trusting that shot as much as they did at the start of the season or last year? Oh, I just think this is a game. I think, you know, um, you got open shots, you got to knock them down. That's why we, we spent, especially with corner threes, we spent a lot of time practicing on corner threes. So they open, you got to shoot the ball. I think that's an individual if, if he lacks confidence to shoot the ball. But no, if you open, you got to shoot it. Mitchell. All right, so there's Conzo Martin after the game. I mean, look, guys, there there wasn't a whole lot to say other than what he said, which is um, we didn't shoot well and we didn't play well. And uh, I'm about to pop a graphic up here on the screen, which is going to cover the entire screen for about two seconds before I get it resized. Um, but it was a bad night, and, and you're going to have bad nights, right? Sometimes they happen. Um I think the disappointing part for Missouri fans is that it happened on this night. Um, this wasn't the night you wanted to see that um, because this was a game that, that you'd been anticipating. Top 15 teams, you finally got a program that's back in the national rankings and you're all hyped up for this. And then 
th- that happens. Um, and, and that's that's tough to take. And I think like a lot of the comments are saying, and, hey, we got the number on the screen now. Anybody that wants to call in, we've got the Skype line open. We'll take your calls. Um, you know, more than happy to talk to any of you guys, uh, you know, on the phone about it. But I, I think more than tonight, because everybody understands Tennessee's good. There were some people who came into this saying, well, Tennessee hadn't played anybody and they're not proven, and, and I don't know if they're that good. Well, now you know. Um, yeah, they hadn't played anybody, but but they were beating nobody by 28 points a game, and they're the best team in the SEC, and I'm not sure it's particularly close. When they play well, they're going to beat a lot of teams. Um, but, like, you know, you shouldn't be down 23-4 eight minutes into a game. Um Missouri was uncompetitive tonight. There was never a stretch of that game. Not even a stretch. There was never a possession of that game where you thought Missouri was going to win that game. Not not a single possession. Um, I, there was one point where Missouri got back within uh, 10, 12 points, something like that, and they got a turnover, and Xavier Pinson started coming down the court, and he launched like a 26-footer. And he missed it. And Tennessee got it back, scored, went up 14, and the game was over. Now, I'm not saying that that shot changes the game if it goes in or if Missouri takes an actual decent shot on that possession. That's not my point at all. Uh, Just that was the only time in the last 30 minutes of the game where you thought Missouri had any chance. Tennessee led this game for 39 minutes and 11 seconds. Uh, It was tied for 49 seconds. Uh, And I'm assuming that was either at 0-0 or 2-2. because it just was – it was never close after that. Um, Tennessee was dominant. So now what people are wondering, I think, in the comments, and, and, like, I think it's fair to wonder, is how good is this team? It's not as good as we thought it was before tonight, and it's not as bad as it looked tonight. Um, you know, it's it's somewhere in between. I think it's a tournament team. You're 6-0. and You still beat – Oregon you still beat Illinois those are ranked teams those are good teams you won on the road at Wichita um but you're not elite like you're not top 10 uh I I think you probably should be ranked but I said before this game Missouri's got a chance to finish to go 0 and 2 this week because your two toughest games Tennessee at home at Arkansas those might be your two toughest games of the SEC season except for the return trip to Knoxville so when you're looking at at that right out of the gate, like an 0-2 start wouldn't be shocking. You can go 0-2 and still finish 12-6 and in this league, 13-5, and something like that. Is this team a 12-5, or 12-6, and 13-5 type team in the SEC? I don't know. After tonight, I, before tonight, I thought so. After tonight, I am not at all sure. So uh, what we're going to do until until we do have some calls, if we do have callers, and again, I understand it's 11 o'clock on a Wednesday night. We might not have a lot of actual phone calls, but but we'll roll through um, we'll roll through the some of the comments and, and pop those up on the screen and uh, just kind of go through your guys' question and what you want to talk about. Phoenix Night Flame, appreciate you joining us and seeing some new names in here for basketball season, which is uh, which is nice. And and Grant Grant brings up the point that that I was texting with about some people during watching this game. And now I don't think he ignored getting a score. I I think that is oversimplifying it. But tonight was a talent issue. Tonight was not you know, a scheme or he doesn't run the right offense or he doesn't know what he's doing as a coach. Tonight was 
Tennessee was bringing two five-stars off the bench, and Missouri was bringing a grad transfer from Hawaii and a former walk-on off the bench. Um, and, and that's not meant to take shots at Drew Bugs or Parker Brown, but Tennessee had more talent in the starting lineup, and then they brought more talent off the bench. The truth is, in college basketball, you don't win big things with, without four- and five-star talent. And Missouri doesn't really have four- and five-star talent. Mark Smith, I think, was a four-star out of high school. Torrance Watson was one and, and obviously hasn't played that way. Um, but, you know, we're, we're going to jump onto the phone lines now and, uh, and go to the 636 area code. Who am I talking to? What's up, Gabe? It's Josh. What's up, Josh? How you doing, man? Pretty good. Hope you are, too. So, tonight, you know, try not to overreact to first game of conference play. And you also have to consider the fact that, you know, Mizzou hasn't played in a little bit. They've had some games postponed and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I, I try not to overreact. But I think I think what fans, what alarms fans tonight is it's year four with Martin. Um, it's essentially year three with that, you know, main group of guys. I know Drew Smith, uh, you know, he kind of jumped in there last year, but it's kind of like year three with, you know, Tillman and Pickett, you know, those guys, right? I just, I feel like fans are upset because it's year four with Martin, year three with all those guys, and you aren't even competitive with the top of the SEC. I think that's why fans are a little upset. No, I think it's fair. I mean, if if you're not upset after this game, I I don't think you watched the game. I mean, this was this was a discouraging result. Now, I think if Missouri plays Tennessee ten more times, I I, I don't think they lose by twenty most of those times. But I also th- don't think they yeah. beat them more than a couple. Um, tonight was a combination of Tennessee playing really well and Missouri playing really poorly. So I don't think that's representative of the gap between these two teams necessarily, but. Um, it, it's pretty clear there's a gap. And, and kind of like I was saying right before you called in, it goes back to recruiting. I mean, it's we can pick apart, hey, the offense he runs or when he uses a timeout or this and that, it, coaching. This was just talent tonight. I mean, Tennessee had guys that were making plays, and, and Missouri really didn't. Missouri, I, Maybe I'm wrong. I wouldn't say anybody on Missouri's team played well tonight. There wasn't a single guy that I thought, yeah, he gave them something. Yeah, for sure. And then turnover is a huge problem as well. But like yeah. you said, uh, it just comes down to recruiting. And, you know, Jordan Wilmore, uh, God bless him. I hope he works out. But you got to have more than that in the recruiting class. And then well, next, yeah. and then we have a mass exodus of seniors. And then you got a bunch of freshmen coming in. So it's definitely a cause for concern. And I feel like next year, uh, that being said, um, that's why it's so important that they make the tournament this year, just to have some kind of momentum going forward. A hundred percent. So Josh, that's, you just hit on the real issue here, right? Like people are bummed out about this game, but why they're this year has to be good because they see what next year is. I mean, Drew Smith's probably not coming back. Jeremiah Tillman's almost certainly not coming back. Um, you know, Xavier Pinson may not be coming back. Uh, Mark Smith's probably not coming back, you know. Uh, so, and, and the recruiting class this year, and, and again, it's not an insult to these kids, but there were 28 four-stars added to this league, and Missouri didn't get one. Mm-hmm. They got a junior college kid yeah. that averaged a handful of points, a seven-footer that didn't have another high major offer, and a grad transfer from Hawaii. I mean, it's it basically yep. what he was counting on was – bringing all my guys from last year are going to be healthy and much better. And you know what? To his credit, they have been so far. Um, but 
I think they lack that that go-to guy, and and I think you saw the difference in consistent recruiting tonight. Tennessee has consistently recruited well for three or four years now under Rick Barnes. Missouri hasn't done that with Conzo, and and what lies ahead next year is why people are worried because this year has to be a tournament year, and you have to maximize this. And if Max, I mean, for a minute we were looking at it saying, hey, maximizing it, like this looks like a three seed, right? What if maximizing it's like a seven or an eight seed? What if maximizing it's you won one game and then next year you're back out? Where are you at at the end of next year? And it's too early to talk about that, but I do understand. I I mean, that's what people are seeing, and I understand why they feel that way. Yeah, it'll be interesting to uh, see how the rest of the conference play plays out. Uh, One more thing I'll throw in, then I'll let someone else uh, get their talking in. But, uh, you know, next year's class, I – you know, I'm not as low on it as some people seem to be. Uh, I think, you know, there's some underrated guys in there. But, you know, we say that, you know, about most Mizzou guys that we all right. think they're underrated because that's kind of how we thrive, right? But, um, man, it just it, it looks rough with just a bunch of kind of – I mean, you look at the way Tennessee's recruiting, Auburn's recruiting, Georgia's recruiting, you know, schools yep. that historically never really recruited well or were good in basketball, and they've kind of – surpassed Missouri since Missouri's joined the league and it's just kind of sad yeah agree with it all Josh I mean it's all it's all that's what a lot of people are feeling and um you know like that recruiting class can be a good class but what you don't see Mm -hmm. in it is two or three guys that are ready to step in and be starters and help day one and that's what Missouri needs unless miraculously like Drew and Mark Smith both decide they're going to stay and and they continue to get better so uh, yeah, I, I think this. I think the reactions as much about the future as it is about tonight. Absolutely. Uh, thanks for taking my call again. All right, Josh. Appreciate you staying up with us and, and calling in, man. And and anybody that wants to, hey, there's the number on the screen again. I get it. It's eleven o'clock on a Wednesday. You know, you might not want to be up and, and phone some dude on the internet. That's cool. I understand. Uh, we got plenty of comments. A lot of you guys are. Are, uh, are in the chat, and we will definitely get as many of those on the screen as we can throughout this. And and uh, thanks to, to those of you who are hanging out with me. But, you know, so I, I want this to be more about tonight's game, but there's not a ton to say about tonight's game. It was ugly. It wasn't good. I, it couldn't be a whole lot worse. Um, it, it takes a lot of the air out of the balloon, no question. Um, and you got a trip to Fayetteville looming on Saturday, uh, Saturday morning at 11 a.m. on national TV. And you better play a whole lot better because I watched the first half of Arkansas tonight and Arkansas's got talent. Arkansas is capable of doing the same thing that Tennessee did to you if you play this way. But but I really think what Josh what Josh said is the reason Missouri fans are reacting the way they are. It's. It's not about tonight, and it's not even about this season. It's you're coming off back-to-back losing seasons. Then you've got this one season that you think is going to look good, but you know what's lying ahead next year. And that, that puts you in a rough spot where, where you've got this these next four months, and you say, we got to do as much as we can do, or next three months, really. you got to do as much as you can do in these three months because next year, we understand, probably going to be a little bit of a step back. So – what if this year you're like an eight seed and, and you don't make it out of the first round? Is that the high point? And if so, is that good enough? Uh, look, I'm not saying Conzo's getting fired this year. I, I can't see that happening. Um, that's not my point. But just 
with next year lying ahead, we're going to have some real uncomfortable conversations about a year from now if Missouri doesn't take advantage of this veteran roster in this year. Uh, Casey Saltz is asking the last player to score 30. Xavier Pinson actually did it two or three times uh, down the stretch last year. He set career highs like three times in five games, and and he was over 30 in a couple of those. So it, it has been done. Um Got uh, a lot of questions about Kim English. He he's done a very nice job recruiting at Tennessee. Um, I know he's the lead recruiter on Kennedy Chandler, who's the number one point guard in the country, who's coming in next year. He's been very involved. Um, I I think Kim English is going to be a head coach within a year or two. It's not going to be at Missouri, uh, not at this level yet. He's gonna he's gonna have to go do it. Look, I, I think we've learned the give a give an alum his first head coaching job at Mizzou in the last few years let's let's let a kid go learn his trade somewhere else before maybe you throw him into that um but he's going to be a head coach somewhere I I don't think there's any question about it um David says I have a hard time seeing us lose to Arkansas by 20 after watching them play tonight they're no Tennessee they're not Tennessee but David they're good man they're athletic they can get up and down the floor, and they can fill it up. And if Missouri's going to s- insist on shooting 16% from three-point range for the rest of the year, they might lose to a bunch of teams by 20. I mean, right now, Missouri's Missouri only has two ways to score right now. Get an offensive rebound or get to the free-throw line. That's it. They can't make jump shots. And I, I understand Tennessee's a good defensive team. Bradley was a good defensive team. Uh, but this is a team now that's shooting below 28% from three-point range on the season. That's about two percentage points worse than they shot last year when they were the worst three-point shooting team in school history. This is not a small sample size anymore. This is like 35 games. They don't shoot well. Um, And so you've got to find ways to overcome that. Missouri has done that at times, um, but obviously obviously did not do it tonight at all. Um, Oh, Robert Connolly points out I, I did hear Sunvold and, and Tom Hart talking about Marcus Denman I didn't really know uh, I wasn't really paying attention at that point but apparently he plays with Jimmer Fredette and yet sadly that may have been the highlight of the night that that's about how tonight went guys that was the highlight was talking about Jimmer Fredette and Marcus Denman's team in China um, they Grant talking about Arkansas Moses Moody is a dude I don't think there's any question and he he is their leading scorer on the season he was not the leading scorer tonight so uh look I I kind of knew this is probably where we were going right but this is what we do we 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 kind of overreact to every game and I understand it I'm not saying Zachary I'm not blaming you for this like we're all having the same thoughts tonight right uh and this is why we have this show because it is about reacting to the game and and making it it, it, you know, relating it to the bigger picture. But uh, Zachary says it's crazy how we missed on EJ Liddell, Caleb Love, Cameron Fletcher, Dewan Harris, Isaiah Mosley, and more. Uh, crazy how we can't recruit local guys. Um, it, Isaiah Mosley, I, I think his Missouri offer dried up. I'm not sure Dewan Harris ever had one. But Cameron Fletcher, Caleb Love, EJ Liddell, yeah. Look, I've said this a number of times. You cannot field a top 25 football team at Missouri just by recruiting local kids. You can field a top 25 basketball team every single year by getting local kids. This state turns out enough talent. It turns out Tyler Hansborough and Bradley Beal and Ben McLemore and OG Ananobi and EJ Liddell and Caleb Love and, and all these guys. You can be a top 25 team if you get local talent. Missouri hadn't been able to do that. doesn't matter who the coach is. 
I, it, they just haven't been. Now, look, they do deserve some credit when Conzo got here. Um, and I'm not even talking about the Porter thing, but, you know, uh, Torrance Watson and Mark Smith and Jeremiah Tillman and Javon Pickett, like everybody, everybody celebrated all that. And, and, and you should. It, they're good local players. But you need stars. In college basketball, you need stars. You need a – if you put Caleb Love on this team, if you put E.J. Liddell on this team, I, I think it looks different. Um, now, maybe those guys don't live up to the hype, you know. Um, but you need guys like that. You need the four- and five-star talent. And for Missouri, your best chance to get them is in-state. And that that is the whole conversation right now. I, I'm not really interested in what Conzo Martin draws up, what is – out-of-bounds plays are when he calls a timeout because 85% of coaching college basketball is recruiting. Usually the best players win the game. I mean, tonight, the best players won the game. Um, and, it, yeah, there are a few guys who can out-scheme you and, and have a gimmick or a system or or something that, that they can take talent that's here and take it up here. But for the most part, usually the better players are going to win the game in college basketball. And the way Missouri's been recruiting lately, the worry is that there's a lot of times they don't have the better players. Now, again, this is a 6-1 team. They beat Oregon. They beat Illinois. It's not time to, to pound the panic button yet. It won't be time to pound the panic button if they lose to Arkansas. But there are some, some signs that worry you. There are some things that, that you're looking at, and part of it is – Part of it's things this year's team can or can't do, like they can't shoot very well. And part of it is that future that Josh called in and was talking about. I, I mean, it's, you know, that's that's absolutely a part of it. So um, let's see. Jake says, understand we didn't shoot it well, but it was a lot of small things we didn't do well tonight. Get a stop to get it down to 10 and allow a bad offensive rebound, bad possession at a bad time. It was small things, Jake, but it was a small thing after small thing after small thing after small thing. It just – there was never any point where you felt like Missouri was going to win that game. And, frankly, once it was about 15-4, to four, there was never any point I really thought Missouri was going to be competitive. I thought the game was over six minutes in, um, and I just I just didn't see any signs that, that Missouri could do enough to hang around. Um, you know, that's uh, – that's – that's what I saw. Uh, Adam Clippard says Conzo wants to win games with defense like it's the 1980s. I think that was a fair criticism last year. I don't know that it's a fair criticism this year. They're playing faster. I, he's letting guys play play through mistakes more. And I think it's a big part of why they did start 6-0 and why they were able to beat Oregon and, and Illinois. Now, tonight and, and, and against Bradley, like they just didn't make shots. I, I mean, basketball is... It, it, it's not super hard to understand. They were 16 for 44 tonight. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I believe against uh, Bradley, I know they shot 25%. I believe they were 16 for 63 in that game. So they are 32 for 107 in their last two games. Guys, that's under 30% for two games. They're a combined 6 for 37 from three-point range. That's 15%. Like, that's dreadful. Um, and, like, some of those are bad shots, yes. Some of them are terrible shots. But they're not all terrible shots. I mean, 
I, I know in the last game, Missouri was 10 for 25 on layups. In this game, on layups and dunks, they were 8 for 18. So in two games, Missouri is 28 for, no, I'm sorry, 18 for 43 on layups and dunks. Like, that's under 50% by a bunch on shots within a foot of the basket. I mean, that's not coaching. That's that's just make a shot. Um, I, I don't, like, you don't have to coach a college basketball player to make a layup. And I'm not removing all blame from Conzo on this. We've talked a lot about that with the recruiting and, and a lot of things. But, I mean, 18 for 43 on layups and dunks, guys. Uh, 30% from the field, 15% from three. You just don't win games. That The miracle is is that they won the Bradley game. The, the surprise is not that they got beat by 20 tonight shooting like that. The surprise is that, that they won either of those two games, to be quite honest. Um, all right, David says, I'm desperate enough for success that an eight or nine seed is fine with me regardless of next year. Being defeated five minutes in was demoralizing, a real test of their toughness on Saturday. And, yeah, Saturday be interesting to see how they can bounce back. I like I get it. You got to walk before you can run, and yeah, making the tournament as an eight or nine seed would be would be fine. But like, I, I, I think this is really an age thing. And if you're close to my age or older, I'm forty four. If if you're close to my age or older, you grew up when you started the season. The expectation was the NCAA tournament. Now Missouri didn't get there every year, but about three out of every four they did. And so if you got to this tournament and you lost your first game which Missouri did plenty it, it was a pretty hollow feeling and now and, and this isn't Conzo's fault not all Conzo's fault anyway he shares in it but now we're at a point where Missouri basketball fan is going if we can just get there I'm happy uh that's I don't know that maybe that's where that this program is and and should strive to be but uh and, and I think for people who are, you know, 30 and younger, it probably is because you've never really seen sustained success in Missouri basketball. But for people my age, you're looking at that going, really, is that the goal just to get there? If if the goal is just to get there, I, that's that's not a – it's not the program it has been at times in the past. And clearly, it's not the program it has been at times in the past. No question about that. So um, – Davin says Missouri looks so unathletic. I know even against Oregon and Illinois. Um, no, the, I think that's a fair criticism. And now Xavier Pinson looks athletic. I think Jeremiah Tillman for being 6'11 is very athletic. Um, Kobe Brown doesn't strike me as super athletic. Javon Pickett doesn't. Drew Smith, that's not his game. I, Mark Smith, I don't think, is a great athlete. I, I think it's fair. Uh, I think that's a fair criticism. I mean, and that's what I was talking about with the Arkansas matchup. Like, you're going to see an athletic team. Auburn, you're going to see an athletic team. LSU got some dudes. And it, it's that's a fair criticism, Davin. You don't see that on this Missouri roster outside of Pinson, to be quite honest. I, I think he's the only, only great um, – athlete on the team and and Jake's talking about the recruits you know Mizzou hasn't gotten these guys before Martin was here either I, absolutely I'm not this isn't a Conzo Martin issue uh exclusively this is this is an issue going back for a while um you know going back to really Tyler Hansborough was the one that kind of started this mass exodus out out of the state and this 
carousel of Missouri coaches who have, have never really gotten it back to where Quinn had it in his first three years or where Norm had it before that. So, no, I, I, I didn't mean to lay all that on Conzo Martin. Not not at all my point. If I did that, um, not not what I was trying to do. Um, you know, a case saying Justin Turner would be nice right about now. Uh, Turner's the kid who was going to transfer from Bowling Green and ended up going back. I haven't looked at his stats. I don't know what they are. Um, if he can shoot, I'm sure Missouri would like to have him. Um, you know, Missouri got a grad transfer and I, like, I don't know. I, you know, I think Drew Bugs has made one shot and they love him. Kanto talks really highly of him and all the kids do too. And, and I think he's a good locker room guy, but but I think you got to start seeing a little bit more uh, production on the court, probably. Um, let's see, keep on rolling through. Um, why could Conzo recruit before and not at Missouri? I mean, again, he hasn't. He's getting some guys right, but he's not getting the elite. He's not getting the a couple of the guys he got at Cal. Um, you know. He's not getting Jalen Brown. Uh, he had Jalen Brown, or his equivalent, in year one, and the kid played like 90 seconds and got hurt. Uh, now, we can go all day about how much credit Conzo deserves for getting Michael Porter Jr. here and how much he doesn't, but whatever. He was here, and it fell apart because of injury. And then he had his five-star brother, and he was here for a year, and then that fell apart due to injury. And that's all a part of the conversation. It's all a, a much bigger conversation than can be had here. Because, look, Conzo's not losing his job. He's not on the hot seat. Um, you know, they're going to win enough games this year that I think they're in the tournament probably. I mean, you start 6-0, it's pretty tough not to be in the tournament in this year, especially with already two wins over ranked teams, a road win and all that. They're going to pick up a couple more, like – they're not going 0-18 in the SEC. They're going to beat some teams. Tonight was a bad night. There's zero question about that. But, you know, it's it's going to get better from here. So, um, hey, real quick, I, d I do need to the, – the logo's up there in the top right corner of the screen. So, I'm sure you guys have seen it. But Burger Smokehouse, who did a lot of stuff, uh, they sponsored our pregame show all through football season. They are sponsoring our postgame show all through basketball season. And, uh, look, this one's at 11 – it's 11.22 right now. I don't think you're probably, like, warming up some brisket or some ribs or anything like that. I don't know. Maybe you are. Maybe you guys are different than me. I'm not right now. But there are going to be times, hey, before the game, you could have could have gotten some burger stuff. I, they have a huge display at Hy-Vee where I do my grocery shopping, but you can get it at Schnucks and Deerberg's and uh, Price Chopper and different places all over the state. You can go to smokehouse.com. You can order uh, – order their meat there you can go to the place in california missouri uh, burger smokehouse is a family owned and operated business third and fourth generation of the burger family uh, down there in california missouri so you can go down and get some stuff there pick it up in person i i've never been there like i don't know that you actually just like go get it right I, you know I, I don't know how it works but you can get it there anyway Burger Smokehouse, a lot of good stuff. I, I ate a lot of it during football season. I mean, eat a lot more of it during basketball season. I hope you guys do the same. They're making some of this stuff possible. Uh, and we're going to be doing this before and after every single Missouri basketball game the rest of the way. All the SEC games, the TCU game, 
whatever lies ahead for Missouri in the postseason. And there is going to be a postseason, I do believe, uh, certainly. I know tonight, again, was rough. James Gentry, I believe, is a Tennessee fan, and and he said, you know, it was a talent issue, but Mizzou will be all right and calm down. And it's a lot easier to say that, obviously, when your team just won by 20 than it is to be the team that got beat by 20 and realize that. But James is right. Like, Missouri's going to win plenty more games this year. Um, this was their worst night at the worst time, basically. Um I don't know that Missouri can play worse than that. Like, I, I don't think anybody played well. I, it was their worst night. And Tennessee, like, Tennessee didn't miss a shot for the first six minutes of that game. And they weren't all just layups. Like, a couple of more tough shots. They made a couple threes, made a couple floaters. Like, Tennessee made some plays. Eve Pons is the, the defensive player of the year in this league last year. He's going to be the defensive player in the le- uh, of the year in the league this year. Um so, you know, it was a rough night, and, and I get it. You never want to start that way um, in league play. Uh, it was built up. You thought, hey, Missouri has a chance to make a statement, and they kind of didn't make a statement. It just wasn't the statement you wanted them to make, obviously. Um, so, you know, uh, I'm, I'm going to keep rolling through some of the comments and make sure I do get those of you who are up with us and, and talking in the chat, make sure I get your questions answered. Again, I kind of – kind of anticipated after a blowout loss at 11:30 on a Wednesday night I'm probably not getting a lot of phone calls I'm more than happy to take them if people are out there watching and do want to call in but I thought it would probably more be more be in the chat and things like that so I want to make sure to to get through those questions um that you guys have had given the unattractive <laughs> style of play why would anyone expect top recruits to play for Conzo again I I don't think it I think the style of play has has uh has changed this year and David's asking if I'm going to play Conzo's post game. We did that right at the start when this show is over. Actually, I will post it on our YouTube page and I will post it on power Mizzou. We, but we did play Conzo's post game right at the start. It was about 10 minutes long. He basically said we played terrible um, all night long. So, uh, Canoe Man asking about Michael Cox. I'm appreciative that Michael can make an appearance in the uh, in the basketball shows now that football season is over. And and again, Canoe Man and and uh, you know our Auburn friends appreciate you guys pocket watch coming over and and checking us out. Um, I know Auburn uh, started tonight, and I, I thought Auburn actually looked pretty good. Uh, didn't didn't pull it off. Uh, didn't play a whole lot of defense, but I think Arkansas is a top four team in this league. So. Um, yeah, Grant says defense can win games as long as you have people that can score. And, right, like, you can win games defensively, but you can't win every game 54-53 like Missouri did against Bradley. You're going to have to score in the 70s sometimes to win. And, uh, you know, that was <laughs> – Missouri wasn't winning that game tonight with offense or defense. I don't know that I've ever seen a worse shooting squad. I, I mean, the last two games it looks awful. Right. I, I mean, we ran through the numbers again, 18 to 43 on layups and dunks the under 30 percent from the field for two games, 15 percent from three. It's been terrible the last two games. Now they're going to get into a little more regular rhythm. We'll see. Maybe maybe that that helps them out. I don't think they're this bad at shooting, but I don't think they're good either. Like they're going to have to they're going to have to win games by getting on the offensive glass, by getting to the free throw line, by getting in the lane, because they do not shoot jump sh- shots well. Um, you know, they, that's that's not a thing that that, that they do. Um, 
Uh, Justin thought Conzo was supposed to be the fix for recruiting local talent. It it, it hasn't happened so far. All right, going to the uh, 816 area code. Who are we talking to? Hey, Gabe, this is Curtis out in Denver. What's up, Curtis? How you doing, man? I'm good, man. I uh, appreciate you doing these shows. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate you joining me, man. It's uh, it's only 1030 your time, though, so it's not like you're up late yet. That's right, man. Yeah. I got you. I got you beating an hour here. I'm, I'm wide awake. Uh, yeah. I hear your point on the uh, talent issue. I agree with you 100%, but I kind of wanted to know, you know, we had tonight, Bradley, uh, even uh, Liberty to an extent, the slow start. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't know, like Conzo, whether it's um, just getting the guys loose. Um, or just, like, what do you think's going on there when it comes to our slow starts. I mean, 23 to four, that's yeah. tough to climb out of a hole. Like, what, what do yeah. you think is going on there? Yeah, he did talk about that a little bit tonight. I, the last two games, I really do think there's a little bit to be said for they've played like twice in 18 days, right? Now, it, look, if, if it happens again right. on Saturday, if it, if it happens again after that, if it starts to become even more of a thing, then, yeah, there's something going on with the preparation or nerves or whatever it is. The last two games, I'm – I don't want to say I'm going to give them a pass because, like, look, you knew this game was coming up. You knew it was big. You had to be more ready to start right. than you were. Um, but I, I do think maybe the layoff in, in Christmas and all that had something to do with it. Um, I, I, I want part of me thinks I wonder if it's weird playing in like a pretty much empty arena and all that. But like Tennessee played in the same arena, they started very well. So that's a that it, that can't possibly have anything to do with it. Um, it's it, well, they played at empty arenas before. I mean, like you know, this year, and they they started off a little bit right, better. I mean, right. You know, we're we're seven games into this thing. Like I, yeah. You know, you would think that you kind of get a handle on that by now, but yeah. Um, and 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 I think also the last two games, like we do have to again, you have to score more than fifty three points a game. I'm not saying that, but we also have to understand that they just face probably two of the top three or four defensive teams they're going to face all year. So. You know, Arkansas just gave up 85 points to Auburn. So, Arkansas is going to score. Uh, but if, if Missouri goes down and shoots 30% and scores 53 points at Arkansas and is down 15 points in the first eight minutes, then we got a trend and we got a real problem. Right. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think it kind of goes back just a little bit of when you start the game like that in a hole and you may not have, I know, like, yeah. you know, X, he can, he can get things started, but – if you don't have that go-to guy right at the beginning and you're digging those holes, like, I don't know, man. Like, that, that's a yeah. tough thing to, to overcome. Well, you get down 19 points, you've basically got to be perfect the rest of the way, right? I, I mean, right. You, you've got to right. be perfect for, like, eight minutes. It's what's so hard about getting down. Yeah, you can claw back to within 10, but you make one bad play and you just gave up four points and you're back down 14. So, And Missouri was – never perfect tonight so um they the, they started right. slow and didn't really ever speed up right yeah. i got you so all right gabe i appreciate it let's uh get some get some the four or five stars <laughs> appreciate it curtis thanks for the call man thanks for hanging out with us all right curtis all right, out in uh in denver uh, josh called in earlier and a lot of you guys hanging out with us here on the chat and uh see look i even if you call i even put your name on the screen now that's a that's a new innovation for basketball season so uh all right let's see rolling on through um 
lot of the, uh, I mean, the, the, the comments are, are pretty much what we've been talking about. Uh, David says, I'm 50 and just desperate for some success. I'll take the eight or nine seed. I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's okay, I guess. Um, I, and look, it is a step, right? Even getting to the tournament, it would be a step. But, and Adam points out, haven't won a tournament game since 2010. Um, I think, I think that was the 09-10 season, so it would have been the 2010 tournament. Obviously, they went in 2017, but that's the only time they've been in eight years. Uh, and, yeah, they haven't won a game in more than a decade now, which is just – I mean, it's absolutely crazy. Um, that's – you know, that's uh, that's how it goes. Uh, I guess you got to get there. Um, and, and it, look, we could run back through the, the whole 15 – 20-year history, whatever it's been since Missouri was nationally relevant on a consistent basis. Um, you know, you can trace it to the end of the Mike Anderson era and then the, the hey, we have Matt Painter and then we don't and, and Frank Haith and trying to band-aid it with transfers a little bit and then Kim Anderson kind of just putting everything to a whole new level of, of uncompetitive. And then I, I, I think the fairest way to put it um, – without going back 15 years is Kim Anderson dug a huge hole and we now find out in the next year and a half or so if Conzo Martin's the right guy to dig out of it um you know I, I and I understand a lot of people have their minds made up he's not um a few people have their minds made up he is I, I'll reserve judgment I don't know for sure but I think that's the best way to put it right this isn't the mess Conzo made but it's year four now and it, it's I mean, is that right? Yeah, you're four now. And so it's time to, to start doing some digging out and at least making some progress. And they have. Again, they have. They're 6-1. and one. This is not a team that is is in dire straits or anything like that. But, you know, tonight, obviously, uh, one of the rougher nights. Um, I'm Case. Do I sound like a jerk for saying I'm so tired of even seeing Tillman out there for Mizzou? I, I mean, a little bit. Um, you know, he... He's cra He's frustrating because you see what he can be when he's good, and he's just not that a lot. And he's fully admitted at times, like it's it's just something mental with him. He's he's not playing as hard as he needs to, um. You know, so I understand he's a frustrating player to watch because you know what the ceiling is, and you just haven't seen that ceiling very much. I I still think they're better with him in the game than not, but there are times where that's not true, and and I think I think we'll see, I think we'll see guys start to pay with playing time. I mean, it seemed to me like there were long stretches without Mark Smith on the floor tonight because Mark Smith just he just wasn't doing anything. I I think he shot the ball two times, uh, no threes, you know. So hey, if if that's what you're getting out of him in a given night, sit him, and I think Conzo uh, certainly will do that. Um, Something noticeable, not only athleticism, but bodies. They're not physical specimens. Don't know how to say it without sounding creepy. That's fair, David. Um, I understand what you're saying. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Mitchell Smith hasn't put on a lot of weight. Um, you know, I I don't know. Like, I, I'm not, I, not going to say they're not in good condition. I don't think that's fair. I don't know that. Um, but, yeah. You know, it, it's, I don't know, it's an observation, um, certainly, and I'm not saying it's not without, I, I'm not saying it's without merit, though. Um, 
All right, let's see. Uh, does it hurt that we had a mass guard exodus? Um, I'm, I'm not sure when we're talking about. Oh, I guess you're talking about like McKinney and Trey Jackson and uh, before that, Blake Harris. Like, yeah, I said at the time, look, it, man, you can't keep just running all these guys off. I, Trey Jackson was the one that I thought. I, I, I lay some of that on Conzo. Um he just he seemed to be a good kid. He seemed to want to be here. He just didn't play. And uh you know, I I thought in a lost season last year, a season that pretty clearly by February 1st wasn't going anywhere. I thought Trey Jackson should have played more cuz I thought he could have helped this year. Um but instead he left and 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 I think a thing that Conzo's done that has been a little bit maddening and frustrating and I don't I don't quite get it is he's taken a guy or two like this every year at the end of the cycle. You remember, uh, you know, Chris Guess, I think was the name. Yeah, I'm not sure he ever played a game. Uh, and then, you know, Ed Chang kind of throw in at the end. Uh, I, you know, he, he did it with somebody else too. And and it's come back. It was, uh, it was a big guy last year, I think, that didn't end up playing much. I can't even remember who it was. But, you know, it, it's almost like using a scholarship just to use a scholarship. Well, if you could have given if, – if five more minutes a game would have kept Trey Jackson here, then maybe you're in a little better shape. And, again, I this is a very downtrodden show for a team that's 6-1 and one and is going to play a game on Saturday as the number 12 team in the country. I don't think the problems are, like, extreme or as serious as we're making them here. But I do understand coming off this game and looking into the future why everybody kind of feels that way. So – you know, um, I, I think we've kind of uh, I think we've kind of covered it, uh, to be honest. I'm not sure how much uh, how much more there is uh, to say about it. I mean, we can break down next year and Conzo's tenure and all that it, as many times as we want. But like we've got a year and a half to do that. Uh, Zachary says Conzo should tell Mitchell Smith he's not a three point shooter. I think he should tell Mitchell Smith that right after he tells Kobe Brown that. Um, but yes, I tend to agree on both those. Although Mitchell did make one of Missouri's three tonight, I believe. Um, this felt like the hoops version of the reality check fans got from football with the Georgia game. I, I agree. It felt very much like that. The disappointing part is, is Georgia didn't surprise you that much. I think tonight was a little bit surprising. Um, but, you know, it, Missouri should it seems like it, it seems like that shouldn't happen to Missouri in a game in that kind of game. Um, but it did. So, you know, you, uh, you kind of deal with it. Um, any chance to turn the dance class into a podcast? Um, it's, it's possible we might do that. Yeah. Um, well, I'll look into it. Um, we'll continue to do that with the five, seven, three report. Uh, but, but we may be able to do it with this show as well. So, um, all right, just rolling through and make sure we're caught up and, and I think we're mostly caught up guys. Uh, you know, I, I understand we didn't get all the comments on the show. Um, but I do appreciate all you guys that were hanging out here with us for an hour. It's, it's getting close to midnight on a Wednesday night. We're going to post Conzo's postgame video. Mitchell's going to have a story up on the site. Uh, if it's not already up, it'll be up pretty shortly. I'll have another one up uh, for, you know, late night, early morning. And um, 
we'll kind of relive this one and, and try to flush it and move on pretty quickly. Hopefully there will be uh, more active and more chipper post-game shows in the future. Uh, but we're going to do this, like I said, for every game. Uh, once again, the 73-53 loss to Tennessee. Not the game anybody wanted. Uh, oh, shout out to David Newman telling me the other guy was Axel Okongo. I don't know how I forgot that, but that's the guy I was thinking of. Yeah. So, um, appreciate you guys uh, certainly being here and and taking part in this. In case says uh, football losses didn't hurt like the Mississippi State game because we have a bright future and this is the floor. Mizzou basketball has to be really good this year. Like, yeah, like we talked about it, I I totally agree with you. I mean, I understand why people feel the way they do. Um, and I also understand that every game is a little bit – you get a little too high and you get a little too low. That's how it works. So, you know, um, hopefully hopefully the next time will be better. Uh, Canoe Man, appreciate you guys stopping by and – and appreciate all you guys that are hanging out with us, and, and thanks for, for all the comments. Hopefully you'll be back here on uh, on Saturday. We'll do pregame at 10, postgame 1.30 to 2 o'clock, whenever it's over. Probably be a little faster on road games because uh, Conzo likes to likes to wrap things up and get on the bus. But um, So, yeah, I appreciate you guys stopping by. We'll do it again on Saturday, and uh, hopefully have something a little bit better to talk about. Thanks for watching, guys, and uh, plenty of coverage coming up on, uh, on Power Mizzou.